Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You'll be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, I said they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You talking about Rasool? Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, aka Big Dog. And you listening to Poor Man's Packers podcast? Go Pack Go! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the Roll Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer. Joined for a very special episode of the pod with Todd and Billy. Welcome, boys. Hello, hello. Greetings. And what an excellent event to bring us all together here. The first time this group has been together, but a momentous day. Aaron Rodgers officially announcing on the Pat McAfee show that, I mean, we'll see here, but that he will be traded to the New York Jets in the coming days and weeks. Sad day, bad day, exciting day as well with the Jordan Love era starting, but starting things off, you know, back to the sadness. Today could be one of the last days that Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Figure we might as well reminisce a little bit here since we won't have many chances to do that in the future. Todd, starting off with you, Aaron Rodgers, thoughts on him, his career, memories, how you doing? Oh, I mean, all of the memories. That's there. That's all I have is Rogers' memories. Not quite, but it's close. I don't know. I think I feel like Rogers. I mean, it's we're gonna miss him. You know, true. As much as even people are ready to move on and stuff. I mean, guys, that's my quarterback. You know, that's QB one. I don't know. I, I feel it feels weird for sure. Um, but also excited for for Jordan Love. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's bittersweet. Um, I think a lot of people are ready to move on. I'm. I feel like I'm in like limbo right now. I'm like I'm getting there, but because we kind of felt like Rogers was gone. I don't know. I kind of felt like Rogers was gone. You know, last game of the season just kind of felt like he's walking off the field with Cobb, and it's like, yeah. I mean, this is probably he's probably not coming back. Who knows? Yeah, but he is coming back. He's you so know, dr- he, he's so dramatic with this shit. I was thinking the same thing, but I'm like, yeah, he ups himself every year with making you think he's leaving. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I don't know. It did feel, and it was the last time at Lambeau, at least as in gold. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird to see him talk about being another team and the Jets of all teams. Like, ah, it's like it's Brett Favre all over again. He winds up in purple. I'm really going to be upset. So. Yeah, it it is weird with the Jets too because it is odd to you know see him in a Jets jersey, all these photoshops and shit. But I mean, there's other ones that are worse, like a Bengals jersey. Hopefully, we never have to get into the real Harv <clears throat> shit with the Vikings or whatever else. But, right? Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I wonder if they'll go back to like the throwbacks too. I do remember those 
weird throwbacks at Favre War that year in 2008 or whatever. The, like those that awful Titans ones. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, those were those were goofy. But Billy it's, Rogers. It, yeah, I mean it's going to be shocking to see Rogers in that different shade of green, and that honestly might make it even worse because it's like he's still in that green jersey with white numbers for a home game and you're so used to seeing him with the yellow trim and now it's just going to be green and white. Um, I, I, I've been talking with you throughout the course of the week, Spencer, and I, I think you and I would both agree that I was very heavily on the, I'm just ready for this to be done and ready for him to get shipped out and get him out of town. But yeah, now, now it's kind of hit me and it's like, it's real. And, like you said, Todd, looking back, it's like, God, that guy's been quarterback since I was a freshman in college. And now I'm yep. now I've been out of college for over ten years. So it's been a long time with him as a starter, a lot of great memories, a lot of great games, a lot of disappointments. But I mean, he said it today on McAfee, he's undisputedly one of the greatest Packers of all time. Where you put him in that ranking up for debate, but you can't dispute he's one of the greatest. I'll say it. One of the best throwers of the ball of wow. all time. Too. Wow. You did it. I'll say wow. it. Yeah. Wow. Really putting you yourself out there. Nobody said it yet. So, Yeah. It, it's goofy, too, kind of thinking back to Rodgers. And I guess I just thought of it right now. But it's like early in his career, like pre-2017, it was always Rodgers is the dude. Like he's, right. he's the reason why the Packers are winning. And then since then, it's like, you know, 17, 18, you know, the injuries and stuff, 19, the you know, kind of bounce back with LaFleur, but still kind of declining that people claim. And then it's weird how once we got to these 13 and three seasons, it's like, yes, he was MVP and stuff, but the, you know, carrying the backpacking of the team wasn't exactly there as it was early in his career. But I don't know. Either way, it's like, like you were saying, uh, Billy, it's an odd day. I go back, I posted this on Twitter, but back when he was a, a backup in 2007, I used my, uh, dishwashing money working at Grizzlies but a stitch jersey I was like oh hey can you sign this to me because they were in town for the tailgate tour asked me what my name is writes to Spencer follow your dreams Aaron Rodgers so I've got that fucker obviously framed and up on the wall um and I remember even those couple training camps because I'd go to training camp get autographs and stuff he would sit and wait for every last kid who wanted an autograph or a picture and do that the first two years. But then once that summer of Favre happened and he left, like I was there when kids were literally cursing at him and saying like Favre would have walked over. And I mean, obviously that's just them being, you know, a douchey little kid, but I'm like, that's actually not true. Cause Favre would always park in the other parking lot with the coaches so that he wouldn't have to deal with this shit. I don't know if Rogers oh, really? ever pulled that same thing too, but no, I, I, think... I remember going to training camp in Oh four Oh five, my first yeah. time at training camp. And like, we never even saw Favre arrive until all of a sudden you look out on the field and it's like, Oh look, there's red Favre <laughs> in his red Jersey. I yeah. never saw Cut... him come in. Like it's expected when it's a starting quarterback. Yeah, kind of like when he was with the Vikings, too, and he had his own little side locker room and some of that shit. But And then I was thinking about this today, and this might explain some of my bias I may or may not have towards Aaron Rodgers. I was at his first game, first time he played at Lambeau, the family night against the Buffalo Bills after he was drafted. I was at his first start 
the preseason game against the Bengals, first time he started after Favre left. And then I was at his last game at Lambeau Field as a Packer. I'm like, holy shit, it's kind of weird how that how that lucked out. But I don't know. It's a bummer. Once again, the biggest thing with Rodgers, especially after his second year, I think, I think after that Cardinals game in the playoffs, and, you know, we went 10-6 and six the year we won the Super Bowl. But literally since then, I, I don't think there's a time like right directly like when the ball is kicking off for the game where I thought we were going to lose when Rodgers was our starting starting quarterback so that'll be a bit of a transition here to see what Jordan Love's going to be I've obviously shared my thoughts with you guys on that in the past but we'll get more into that in this episode we're just going to go over what Rodgers said on McAfee a little bit talk about you know what it's looking like from the franchise's side of things Rodgers side of things some of these signings we've had, and then obviously Jordan Love as well. And uh, Billy, you have a stump spenny for me at the end today too. I, so I do. So we'll get into that. But starting things off, let's get into the news of the day. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, and we talked a little bit beforehand too. Probably the best he's come off. I was expecting some scorched earth. And there was a little, a little bit in there. And we'll talk about that too. But... I thought he came off pretty well. Um, I'll just run through a couple things he said off the top. Um, quote, everything I was told, and this is just going through the beginning there, he, he kind of set the timeline pretty well also. Uh, quote, everything I was told in the last week, that meeting after after the season was over um, from Green Bay was take as long as you want, and if you want to retire Packer, you can come back, and the door is wide open. When I came out of the darkness... <laughs> It's funny to actually hear him say when I came out of the darkness, but he's have it be a real thing. Like (laughs) he was actually in the dark, but he said that, um, and that something changed. Uh, he went into the darkness thinking 90% retiring, 10% playing, which I'd been saying that to the longer this went on, the more it seemed like it was an actual possibility. He was going to retire. Um, but yeah, he reiterated that something changed, but followed up saying that no one here is a victim, but just wishes that they would have told him they're ready to move on earlier in the off season, which <laughs> I don't believe when you watch him say that on the McAfee show, AJ Hawks, like trying not to laugh while he's doing that. Um, but yeah, he said, let's say you come out of the darkness. That was probably the best part was AJ asking him that question too, where he said, let's say you come out of the darkness retreat, you check your phone and your first text from the Packers say, Hey man, we love you. We need, we need you. We need this. Would, um, would you have been gung ho about going back to Green Bay? And Roger said, "I mean, that's a good question. Not really. So, a little, <laughs> you know, there's, there's quite a bit of lying going on here, or you know, uh, stretching the truth from Roger's side. Um, but yeah, he mentioned that they said they wouldn't be bringing back his guys, but that he didn't really, that didn't really have any effect." on his decision, even though a couple of weeks earlier he said he'd want some of his guys back, I I believe. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. So, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that at the beginning there? And do you, I guess, Todd, do you believe some of these things he was saying? Yeah, I feel like I, feel like I did notice some contradiction just in some of the things he said when we ended the season, the kind of what he's saying in retrospect. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time like pinning them down and being like, yeah, you said this. And like, I guess you could go back and look at it, but like, 
I felt too like he was kind of going to retire. I kind of believe him when he says it was like a 90% like I'm going to retire thing. It is interesting that when the Packers said, we don't want you, that he's like, well, actually, I'm going to go play then. But Rodgers is a big chip on the shoulder guy. So, like, I kind of see that portion of it being like, yeah, well, like, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go try and win a Super Bowl. Like, it, not like an F you, but like, because he wasn't, he wasn't bitter. And I really don't think he was bitter, mm-hmm. like, in the interview at all. Like, right. wasn't upset with the fans, and the fans are calling for his head. Like, wasn't upset with the front office. He didn't name, like, Good or anybody, but he did say the organization, like, over and over again, like, how it's a business. Like, didn't seem bitter, but also, it's Aaron Rodgers, and, like, he's going to grab on to anything. And use it as fuel, right? Like I don't know. That's how I. I what I found interesting I was he said going into the darkness, he was ninety percent sure that he was going to retire, and then he talked about being in the darkness, and he envisioned playing next year and whatever that looks like, and then he envisioned not playing and whatever that looks like. So and deep. So so then for him to come out and say that if the Packers had contacted him, that very first text saying, "Hey, we want you back," and he said. Yeah, I, I I don't think I would have said yes. It's like, okay, so then in the darkness, you were thinking about something that made you decide you weren't coming back to Green Bay. So or maybe he just doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore. Right. And he's like, well, if there's no other options, I'm going to retire. Right. He was like, I'm either going to retire or I'm going to go play somewhere else. And, and maybe he decided in the darkness he wanted to play again. But I personally think there, it honestly just probably comes down to communication. I mean, he's talked about the the terrible communication with the front office and wanting to change things and whatnot. And when the front office says, take as much time as you need, I don't doubt they said that, but maybe they should have said something like, we need to have a decision by the start of the league year on March 15th or whatever. And when he disappears for five days right before that deadline, they probably didn't like that very much if they're trying I, to negotiate with him. I wonder yep. if I wonder if they if he told them that he was going to do that darkness ret- retreat or he, they found out as soon as everyone right. else did. Right. I too. bet he I bet he didn't tell them. Is yeah. and is that what caused the front office to change their tune with him when he came out? Maybe, I don't know. That that's such a dumb thing though cuz when he took his darkness retreat that wasn't like a very busy part of the off season. You know, I don't think he was really holding anything up then. And if you're going to, I understand he's a, he's a weirdo, but I mean, la- it's kind of funny how the darkness retreat is being taken more. I don't, more people are talking about that than last year when he talked about his piss and shit week, you know, where he was, I don't know how that flew so under the radar <laughs> right. last year. That, I mean, I mean, if you're going to, if the darkness thing is popular, cause it's weird. The other thing was way weird. Yes. yes. I mean, if we're talking like culturally, like that was a way weirder thing than the dark, like sitting in the dark for a while. Like that's not that weird. Yeah. Right. Like I don't, I mean, it's, I wouldn't do it, but it's not dark. Like it's not whatever the other thing was. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like you guys were talking about too, it is, it's funny because he's like, I was thinking about retirement and then I, and then if they came out of it, or when he came out of it, if they had asked me to come back, I would have said no. But instead, they didn't say that, and you want to play for the Jets, but no one is a victim here. No one's the bad guy. It's like, well, clearly you did take it some type of way, and someone's some type of bad guy if what the Packers did 
now made you think you should go to the Jets. So right. we talked Some... about it before too. There's, I do think, I honestly think that he misplayed his hand. I do think he wanted to come back to the Packers this year. He's obviously going to save face and not say that, but I, it, it's a bummer because the Florios, the P, you know, the Pro Football Talk guys. They were kind of right about Rodgers on this because I think we would have gotten probably one more year of Aaron Rodgers if he wasn't just such a pain in the ass. And we talk about the darkness retreat, but I still think those comments at that last presser after the Lions game where he threw Goody under the bus saying, you know, it's they they couldn't replace Devontae Adams and then saying that those last four plays are really going to stick with them. It's I'm like, yeah, you, come on, dude. You're being a bit the, of a douchebag. The play calling thing was just – that was pretty blatant bash, mm-hmm. which is like doesn't seem like – it doesn't seem like you're 15-year starting quarterback to do that, you know, and you're, and you're 18 in the, pro, in the pros to say something just like off the cuff like that. I didn't – I don't know. It just didn't seem like him. He's usually more uh, – more metered in his response, I guess. Like, I don't know. He was obviously really frustrated. Especially the last three years or whatever it's been with LaFleur, where there's always been these rumors, like there's some tension between him and Rodgers. And, of course, everybody's trying to downplay it. And then right right before he walks off into the sunset with the Packers, he basically throws LaFleur in the play calling under the bus. And it's like, okay, so maybe the media was right on this one. Maybe there really was something there this entire time. It's weird, too, because I do think you used the word tension there. I think overall, especially at the end, there was more prolonged tension between Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. But I don't know. I think this year there was tension be- between Rodgers and LaFleur. I don't think there was much the last three years, you know, when we were 13-3. and three. But Winning cures all. Winning cures all, but I... LaFleur even said it. I think he didn't. He say it at the end. He did. One of those end-of-the-year conferences, he said, like, yeah, like, he not specifically at this instance with Rodgers but it's like yeah winning hides a lot of things it's completely true like there's why talk about the bad stuff when you're 13 and 3 yeah nobody cares (laughs) for sure but it's like there was more tension with McCarthy but there was more public shots with LaFleur it seemed like it was every fucking offseason I've talked about like the Jeopardy thing still pisses me off the I still think that was the right call and against the Bucks but I don't know um moving on positives kind of the middle of the show I mean at nauseum, he said how he loves Green Bay, loves the fans, loves most of the front office. He said front office and most of the guys in the front office. Organization, he said a bunch. Organization. Um, this was a big quote here, too. I'll run through it. It's a little long. But I love so many people in that town and so many people in that organization. I love our fans, man. It was never about that. It was never the reality of the situation, I think. There's probably a lot of people that want to move on, and I get that. I'm not upset about it. I have nothing but love for every Packer fan and everyone in that organization. My life is better because of my time in Green Bay. They want to move on. They don't want me to come back. They're ready to move on to Jordan, and that's awesome. He's going to be a great player. He's a great fucking kid. He had a really good year this year, and then he says, like, practicing, of course. Um he has a bright future ahead of them, and they have a great young team. The fact of the matter is you have an aging face of the franchise for the last 15 years, and they want to move on. So I thought, like, that whole thing there, I'm like, fuck, it, it's 
kind of that thing with Rodgers where he'll say a lot of really good things, but then you just pick up the negative, and it's like, fuck, man. If you could just, like, have your press conferences like that and say those type of positive things and not have that one shot that you can pick up, like, even the whole... It's uh, so Rodgers, though, to, to just... To have, to have to be honest. So like, Rodgers. To have to say what he has to say. Like, he has to. Like, this all started, really, after that Bears game, when we beat the Bears at Soldier Field, and it was just one little thing. A reporter asked him about um, if this progression from Christian Watson and him being such a great player, if that would, you know, be part of his decision to come back. And he talks him up, blah, blah, blah. But then at the very end, he says that it's uh, – it's it has to be a two-way thing both sides have to agree on it and that's kind of when all of this really started because then i know a lot of reporters were like huh it's weird that he would say that now and look at us now with uh him obviously getting traded the jets here in the future but once again he says nobody wants to be the bad guy and honestly there isn't a bad guy in the situation as long as everything gets resolved the right way again talked about that a little bit beforehand i think with how this is turning out, it you know he, maybe he's even traded right now when you're listening to this, but it could get stretched out a few weeks. It's weird how, and just the way Rodgers is a very competitive guy, he wants to go to the Jets, but at the same time, he probably doesn't want the Jets to give up a lot of compensation like in this year's draft, like a, that first-round pick. Rodgers probably doesn't want that to be involved in this trade, so that'll be interesting to see here in the future, but... You guys have any thoughts on that? I don't know. I was, uh, yeah, it's interesting to me. Like, what is, I don't know. I guess losing that first round pick, how much does a first round pick impact you if you only play a year? And do we really see him playing more than a year? Does he really care? And when he's talking about the right way, my first thought was like, does he mean like they, they pull the rug out and they trade him to somebody else? Because they can do that, they can do whatever they want, right? Like, that's what I thought when he said the right way. Like, that was what was in my head. I was just like, He's publicly saying he wants to go to the Jets. The right way to him is like, honor what I want. And like, everything's good, basically. Like, that's kind of what he's... That was in my head. Like, that that's, was what he was saying. That's the way I took it, too. Because he had, okay. he had just gotten done talking about how the organization didn't let Woodson and Peppers and Brett Good and Jordy Nelson and Clay Matthews and all these other guys go the right way. He understands it's a business, but, you know, some of your longer tenured guys he felt that they were disrespected on the way out the door. I don't know if I were, I either know or even remember all the details of say a Jordy Nelson getting released. I was as disappointed as anybody. He's one of my all time favorite players, but I, I didn't get that impression, but I'm also not privy to the conversations that went on behind closed doors. Yeah, Spence, yeah. you probably, I remember him getting lowballed. I feel like that's what always happens. They get lowballed Jordy with like a super low offer. Cause like, wasn't that the same thing with Clay and Jordy? They got a really low offer, like vet minimum, basically coming off of like multi-million dollar contracts. I don't, I don't remember That's Clay. Right. I don't remember Clay as much, but yes, uh, Jordy Nelson was offered. Um, I believe Jason Wildey said this. They literally offered him veteran minimum or a little above veteran minimum, and it was that same day that we cut Jordy. It was the day that we signed jimmy graham and i think this was a big conversation in the summer of 2021 when he went through his whole thing being upset in that you know that press conference that kind of went viral too with how he eviscerated the front office as people said but he did name off those guys and i don't know you you look at it and i think i think he's right on about half of them again i 
he could have brought Brett Good back. Jordy, I I do think in retro, like I understood it at the time, but there I did have my own reservations where it's like, well, Jimmy Graham, like fucking Jimmy Graham, and then I think Jordy, you know, Jordy's as we've seen with a lot of these receivers like James Jones, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, how they're just so much better with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, look at fucking Alan Lazard, who's an undrafted guy from Iowa State, like. It's kind of, you know, Jordy probably would have been pretty good for us if he stuck around for a few years, but I don't know. That's a tangent we don't have to go down. I, I was going to say, and we can leave it at this, I'm also not sure that the Packers have been blatantly wrong on a lot of these decisions. I mean, Woodson went on to play a few more years, had some good years. Could we have brought him back? Sure. Clay played a year for the Rams, I think, yep. and then retired. Jordy played a year for the Raiders and then retired. Brett Good, I don't even know if he was picked up by anybody. He was not. Julius Peppers went and played for the Panthers again. Maybe. I went back to the Bears. He, and he yeah, played pretty actually, well, too. He was halfway decent. He, but, like, the ageless wonder. I mean, he's the anomaly. It but, is. Like, but to most of them, they're right on. Yeah. But, uh, my point is basically, you know, and Roger said it, we either let people go a year early, like Roger said, or mm-hmm. in my opinion, we let them go at the right time. So it's kind of interesting to see how things with Rogers shake out. If we let him go too early, if we got it right on, I think we, you could argue that, I mean, in a vacuum without Aaron Rodgers, we let Favre go a year or two too early. Mm-hmm. But things obviously worked out really really damn well because we have another mm-hmm. hall of famer hall of fame quarterback waiting and so that that gets into jordan love and jordan love makes this decision um changes potentially how we look at this decision five years down the road yeah true and i i listened to the uh the packers news podcast with tom silverstein and ryan wooden god ryan wood just always fucking pisses me off because he uh, he was referencing the same thing and he said Oh, this was a year too late with Aaron Rodgers, and it's like, dude, you you don't know he's not fucking done. He and now obviously it you know high or low odds, but he could win the Super Bowl with the Jets this year, you know. And we did talk about that there, but I think if you look at the Hall of Fame players, Woodson should have stuck around, Peppers could have stuck around, Rodgers could have stuck around. Now, sure, Woodson wasn't that great, but when you look at the fucking plan that we had behind it was Jerron McMillan and MD Jennings. Okay. Charles Woodson would have been much better. Can you imagine 2014, the NFC championship game in Seattle, if we had Chuck instead of fucking MD back there, you know, so it's, yeah, I get it. Could be a different story. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> But like in hindsight, everything, I mean, I mean, back to Billy's point too, like we're pretty good. Yes. The organization is pretty good at, at seeing, okay, like, this guy's got a year, maybe two years left. We want to pay him a bunch of money, keep him around for a couple of years. Let's let somebody else pay him a bunch of money. And now you're talking in the world of uh, compensatory picks, too. Yeah. You let a guy go a year early and he goes and has a good year, you're going to get something back for him, too. Like, I mean, I don't know. There's like there's more advantages to, to letting a guy go a little early now than there was before. I don't know. And I think that's part of the good too. history. We, we've always been, I'm not going to say cheap, but a frugal franchise. When we're signing for agents off. Which is frustrating at times also. Right. When it's like, oh, let's just go win. We're, we're frugal, but we're opportunistic, right? So I think when guys are coming up on the end of their career, we see, 
you know, say Jordy Nelson, did he deserve more than the vet minimum? Yes. Did he deserve as much as the Raiders paid him? Uh, not based on the output that he had that year. Yeah, God, I don't even. Yeah, God. yeah, and coming, yeah, coming off an ACL. Like a lot of these guys too. Like you look at them too, coming off of injuries and stuff like that. It's like, well, it's kind of tough, right? Like, and everybody would agree you'd rather walk away a year too early than a year too late. Yes, I mean, I feel like everybody across the league would agree yep. with that sentiment. So. I don't fault the Packers for trying to do that. And you're going to miss on some, right? Like you're not going to hit on every single one. You don't hit on every draft pick, right? Like yep. every first round draft pick is a hall of famer. So, and, yep. and that's and, the thing. Nobody's going to know the real winner or loser in this whole thing until, you know, Rogers is retired and we know what Jordan love becomes. So it's the same thing as trying to argue about how good the Packers draft was the day after it's completed. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing but draft grades. Yeah. A plus draft. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill that's what's kind of weird about today too or maybe just how long this has gone on and how old rogers is and all this because you know especially the last two years my biggest fear has been moving on too soon like we're talking about here and then you see rogers play great and love sucks and now i'm in the spot where i'm like you know even if that happens like I, I hope Rodgers does all right. I don't know if I want him to win the Super Bowl next year, but I hope he does all right. It won't kill me if he's fine, and I don't know. We'll see on Jordan Love, but I guess we'll get into that here too, sticking with the front office, the next quote that Rodgers had. Um, quote, you drafted Jordan. If I hadn't won MVP twice in a row, this would have been in a conversation two years before, which is totally fine, and I get it. Ted Thompson isn't there anymore. God rest his soul. He drafted me, but none of those guys were there besides Sam Seal who's one of the who's the West Coast scout he's in reference to, you know, who supposedly stood on the table for me, which he said, which is interesting. I wonder if we hear more about that in the future, because imagine the front office where everyone's ready to move on. And then one scout <laughs> says nay and rises up to everyone else. And then we end up keeping Rogers and, you know, he wins those two MVPs. But it's. That was a very interesting thing to say. I don't know if I said this part here too, but but you know, it's a different regime and every regime wants their guys in there and I totally understand that. And that's that's the quote that really worries me about the state of this franchise right now, just with Brian Gutenkens being the GM of the Packers, is and this is widely reported, is that uh what was it, twenty seventeen, Deshaun Kaiser was on the Packers radar. I believe that was the last draft of Ted Thompson when Russ Ball was kind of running the show, but the Packers were very interested in Deshaun Kaiser and Goody obviously loved Deshaun Kaiser. We ended up trading for him. And then the year we drafted Rashawn Gary, Jason Wildey reported this within the organization. There were, there were Slack messages saying, be prepared to handle us drafting Drew Scott. We were going to draft. Is it true? Drew, Drew, Drew Lock. Drew Lock. I was like, who? Sorry. Yeah. Drew. It, well, either way. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so, the fact that 
we were very close to drafting him then when we had just re-signed Rodgers the previous year. It's like, did you really have to force the issue like that? And that's, again, one of the things that makes me question how good Jordan Love is because it doesn't seem as much of a Jordan Love is great thing as it is we want to move on from Aaron Rodgers thing. And that's what, you know, I'm worried sick about that shit. I would be hopeful that it's just being prepared. And, like, yeah. obviously we've seen – it's just a hope. I have no idea. But I would hope they're just trying to be prepared, right? Like, put a guy at number two that can learn from Rodgers and get some good experience and let's let's see if somebody pans out. I mean, I think they're – yeah. I mean, obviously they're trying to pick the right guy. You know, nobody's – I, my, I, my hope is just that they're, they're – they were being prepared with the Drew Locke and – Sean Kaiser and stuff like that um, and just see what happens. I mean, probably a lot of that, too, is just like, let's just see. I mean, we can always trade them. We can get rid of them. We can let their contract expire. Just see what happens. I mean, you can't have too many good quarterbacks either, but it could be the other way. Yeah, it could be. It could go either way. I, we'll find out. I'm with you, Todd. I, I I like to be optimistic in the competence of the front office. I don't always have reason for that optimism. Um <laughs> You think back to when we drafted Jordan Love, and you can disagree with trading up to get him. You can disagree with the amount of communication or lack thereof that we had with Rodgers when we did it. You can disagree with all that. But in a vacuum, Rodgers at the time is 37 years old. Yeah, 36, 37. 36, 37. And this is before, of course, he comes back and wins back-to-back MVPs. He had had a little bit of a down year to his standards. And did the Packers think, well, if he continues on this trajectory, are we looking in two years where, you know, he's on his way out and we don't have anybody ready? So if you can get a quarterback in the first round, have a fifth year option on him. And if Rodgers, and they probably figured if Rodgers continues on this trajectory and he's expendable in a couple of years, we get rid of him and we turn to the rookie. And if he comes back and he wins two MVPs, well, then, boy, what a great problem that we have. We have an MVP quarterback or we have a first round draft pick waiting in the wings. So I like to think that was the thought process at the time. And obviously the latter situation has played out here. You can disagree with some of the details. Again, the communication, you can disagree with the contracts that we've given Rodgers, but like you said, it's always it's always a good problem to have multiple good quarterbacks. I remember Ron Wolf always insisted on drafting one quarterback, and he developed multiple and ended up trading them away because Favre was still the guy. But then when yeah. Favre was no longer the guy, we had somebody waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's odd because you like to think there was a plan. Yes. But again, but when you, but when you look at the last, once again, when you look at the, the fact that they really like those other quarterbacks who aren't very good, and then you just look at how the last three years have played out or three or four years where it was, you drafted Jordan Love, that next offseason, Aaron Rodgers uh, came to the Packers, thought they were asking, uh, going to give him an extension. Instead, they wanted to restructure. That pissed him off. He stops talking to the team, goes back, wins another MVP. They're like, hey, here's that extension you wanted. They give him that huge deal. 
and now we're where we're at now where we have this terrible contract and we're trading him and it's like what was the fucking plan here and that's why i do think mark murphy with the power structure of this team somehow got his fingers in in this mess a little more than he should have because you see the way he handled other situations with money with the special teams uh coach back when matt lafleur was first putting his squad together and there's a lot of similarities there it's just i understand having that plan but at the same time it's like if if this went to if this uh plan worked the way goody wanted it to we would have been without a hall of fame quarterback two you know two three years ago and then we'd have jordan love who wildy has described as looked terrible tom silverstein too said he's never that jordan love was very very bad his rookie year so it's just i don't well know. so we'll, i i think that's it i think the packers gambled that rogers was going to start to fall off and obviously it hasn't happened and i think the two I, mvps threw a wrench in everything right yep but in the plan yeah, I mean, obviously, yes. it's good for the organization. They they, they thought but... he was going to fall off. That's why they restructured after that first MVP, and obviously, he hasn't the way that they expected. And now they're they're in a difficult spot, and this is where yeah. we're at. I guess I'm always I'm fine with like preparing for the future, but at the same time, it's like to prepare to the future for the future in such a way where you're like. You would rather move on from a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like I'd rather just not have Jordan Love and suck for a year or two, maybe. But to actively want to turn into these teams, like the Jets haven't made the fucking playoffs in ten years, and you want to transition when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Understand? You know, if we would have taken someone in like the second or third round to groom, that would have been better. But I don't, and that and that's a thing that will be talked about. And people don't like talking about it either, but. Jalen Hurts was there, and we took Jordan Love. You know, we'll we'll see how it ends up. Jordan, we'll see. Great, but uh, and I guess we'll talk about that right now too. It's the next thing. Jordan Love, he seems to be the he'll be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers next year. Maybe we'll have a Brian Brom draft pick in the second round. But uh, small hands. Hopefully, he turns out better than Brian Brom. Yeah, or maybe we'll (laughs) maybe we'll get a we'll take a quarterback in the seventh round and find our Matt Flynn that same year, but. Jordan Love is the guy. Um, Silverstein had something interesting to say today, too. He said Goody, with his end-of-year meeting with Jordan Love, told him to get prepared differently this offseason. This offseason is going to be different for you. So he kind of had that already going. Whatever he said to Rodgers, I don't know if I really believe Rodgers, per se, but it seemed like that that ball started rolling then. the most positive piece of information, and I could be wrong on this. Everyone, you know, looks so much at the nine attempts that Love had against the Eagles, the comments from Devondre Campbell in season that he's a starting quarterback. He's good enough to be a starting quarterback in this league. Um, Rogers today saying, and I, <laughs> Kyle, who used to be on the podcast, he was like, did you see what Rogers said today? I was like, yeah, well, he also said that he's a better kid than he is a player, so we gotta we gotta take that into account. But, I mean, Aaron uh, Jones also hyped him up as saying he's gonna be a great player, and it's like, true. What do you expect Aaron Jones to to say? Yeah, he's he's right. one of the best locker room guys on the team. Like, if Aaron then, Jones throws you under the bus, you really have problems. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good, yeah, very good point. But the the biggest thing for me, the biggest positive right now is the fact that Tom Clemens is coming back as the quarterback coach. 
This is a guy, because I remember that reintroductory press conference he had last year where we were trying to get Rodgers back again. So we're like, hey, we're going to bring back your quarterback coach with Luke Getze going to Chicago as the offensive coordinator. And in that presser, he uh, Clemens was asked, did you have that itch to coach? And he said, no, I, I came back for Aaron and the chance to win a Super Bowl. So hearing that... And now seeing that he's going to stick around because he wants to coach Jordan Love. Now, maybe they knew that that would be a pretty bad thing optically if he did leave the organization this offseason when he'd be coaching Jordan Love. So they threw the bag at him. But the fact that there was enough intrigue and there was obviously reports that he did look better this year in practice and all that shit. But that the coach who came out of retirement just for Rodgers is sticking around to coach Jordan Love is very interesting because if if Jordan Love turns out to be a very good quarterback, Tom Clements is going to be one of the best QB gurus of all time. So I don't, but overall, I don't think, you know, it's not exciting. It's exciting, you know, to have that unknown, but what do you guys think of Jordan Love? Excitement isn't always good excitement, right? Like there's bad excitement, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's how to put it. I'm for sure talking myself. I mean, give me give me a month, and I will have talked myself into Jordan Love. Like it's not <laughs> it's not a question. I'll eventually do it. I'm almost there now. I mean, it's exciting. the The arm talent is there, right? Like when he's okay. I'm gonna the say arm, arm talent. The arm strength. He's yes. got okay. arm there we strength. Go. Maybe maybe tell us not the right word, but there were some really accurate throws against. Was it the Eagles? Yeah. Um, yep. When he was you know at the end of the game. Okay, that, so like that whole was, shot to Aaron Jones that he dropped was really good. Yes, so there's like those flashes, right? And like he needs I feel like as a young quarterback, you really need to go and find like you need to go and find your rhythm too. Like you gotta yes. play a couple games to get into like there's gotta be so much to think about as an NFL quarterback. So I give him the benefit of the doubt there. He throws a rocket. He he looked like he was throwing on time, which I I loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rodgers used to throw on time, and it was beautiful. And he was going I mean, through his reads too. Yes, I had never seen out of love. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch. I don't know what it's going to turn into. There was not. They weren't all perfect throws, and you know, there's been the comments about him in practice and stuff over the past couple of years. Not so much this last year, which is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm optimistic about. But where he didn't look good previously and actually looked pretty bad, nobody really wanted to talk about him. And then, but you know, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I'm excited. I'll have talked myself into him being the next MVP. Come, <laughs> give it June, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah. so so Todd, in all honesty, I think you're you're in a better spot than my friend. I was texting uh, last night for a while. They've talk themselves into the Packers being a sneaky Super Bowl contender next year with <laughs> Jordan Love. So it, I'm I'm trying to to pump the brakes on that a little bit. I I'm anxious too. I'm excited. It's going to be interesting to see a different quarterback under center for the Packers. Um I don't disagree that he played well against the Eagles, but it was nine passes. <laughs> right. And and I remember at the end of the preseason like I think the general consensus was, meh, you, you saw those flashes still, but there were still so many just bad throws, bad decisions. So yeah. it's difficult for me to get onto the, oh, I think he's a future MVP 
just because we've so we've seen so little competitive football number one outside mm-hmm. of the preseason but we've also seen we haven't seen a lot of competent to good football so right. I, i'm not i'm not trying to shit on jordan love i'm excited to see him and you know the more that you hear people talk him up like maybe there's some smoke to the fire that he really took steps forward in practice that you know we don't see and so i this this is a huge off season for him and and for the packers yeah it's and you guys are absolutely right it's just so it's tough cuz when you look at all of the information that we have and i listen to too many podcasts read too much shit about this but when you stack all 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 that we know it it seems more likely he's not going to be an amazing quarterback than you know than whatever but it's just like even this last preseason it was the most he's ever played he led he led the league in interceptions this past preseason he looked pretty good like i think it was the first half i want to say against the chiefs he looked really really good his footwork improved immensely his footwork was so fucking bad those first two years um but it's just i don't know it the biggest thing again is just the front office that drafted him stuck their neck out for him still gave aaron Rodgers that contract last offseason and i'm very you know i'm gonna be rooting for the kid absolutely but i just we'll have to see but back to it i've we've gotten so much information over the last three years but the least amount that we've gotten has been current day over the last six months where he is reportedly taken his largest steps so we'll have to see i don't know cautiously optimistic it's gonna be weird it's gonna be fun i guess to see him out there Young kid, I'm sure he's got some legs. He can run around a little bit. The other, uh, actually, I, I think he has two legs. <laughs> yeah, he does. Good point. I've, good yeah, point. See Twice as so, good as I thought. Well, so hold, that's hold, one hold thing. on. One, one, one last thing. I need to get this out there. Cassidy Hill reported that Jordan Love has, and maybe you knew this, Billy. Uh, he has a custom handshake for everyone on the offense. So I'm. I'm looking forward to hearing about that more in the future. We're going to hear about that storyline during training camp and when he's on the field with dudes. So. That's going to be every every single first drive or after a touchdown or something this season. Oh, look at this handshake. This is his unique handshake. Oh, for God. How many players on the offense? So everybody in the offense has their own handshake? With Jordan Love, apparently, with yes. Jordan Love? Yeah. So that's like takes a lot that's, of mental that's capacity. 20, 25 guys. That's a lot. 25, 26, yeah. 27, depending on the breakdown of the 53. Call it 30 practice squad players. True. He's handshaking with them. You know, I don't know how many of the practice squad players are offensive versus defensive, but that takes a lot of mental capacity. Is he smarter than Rodgers? Some people are, are saying smarter than well, maybe it, Fitzpatrick. We don't know. We'll find out. It's cool. I don't want to say it's cool. That uh, report from the athletic about the hand signal thing. That was another kind of positive to me because a big part of that story was Jordan Love like took it over. Like he he was the guy teaching things about the offense and the hand signals and leading that. And, and Rogers didn't really do it. And I'm like, hmm, you know, there are weird little things. Maybe we'll hear more down the line. But sorry, what's what's the context of this? The hand signals. Oh, you you didn't hear? Oh, I did. Boy. I did not hear about oh. this. So if so, if I if I didn't, as a loyal listener, I'm sure that some other listeners have not. 
it, it was a pretty big story, I guess, just some more drama about how Aaron Rodgers has these audibles that he uses with the ha- the hand signals and how a lot of them go back to even the McCarthy years. I remember even Danny Vitale referencing it against the Raiders, how he remembered an audible that they had gone over over the McCarthy years and he ran like a some goal route or some shit. But it was just how uh, there's the nothing. coaching staff doesn't know. Coaching staff doesn't know much about these because you know it was a different regime as well for that as far as coaching goes um but that none of it's on paper that it's players showing other players what it is that rogers himself wasn't heavily involved on these they, they didn't show them until saturdays some of these um these signals or signs like the day before and the worst part about it was well <laughs> there's two really funny things a lot of guys went on record you know there was I don't even know how much we want to talk about well, this. Well, there was how, a lot of guys who were not it, successful went on record saying... It was Jay Sternberger, it was uh, Juwan Winfrey, and what was hilarious is Sammy Watkins was like, yeah, it's confusing, and then we cut them like the next day. <laughs> um, that's kind of the kiss of death. You start talking about that while you're on the team, <laughs> nah, that's not going to work. Yeah, but I don't know. Either way, and then other players came and said, hey, everyone does this, so... I don't know. We'll see. But Jordan Love was kind of running. So running the, this was back when the offense was struggling and everybody was criticizing the rookie receivers. Okay, I got and it. And the idea is that Rodgers is running the offense, not the floor. Like, but Love he's, was look, teaching he's even Rodgers' offense to the receivers. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's going to be interesting to talking about Rodgers' offense. A lot of the Rodgers haters are saying, good, we can finally see Matt's offense. And yes, I am looking forward to that. Maybe, once again, when you think about that, they had the entire offseason to come up with an offense without Devontae Adams, and they came up with what they did last offseason. Not very good. Matt LaFleur hasn't really been known as a... I mean, he's good. I think he's good. He's solid. I think Hackett was really beneficial, and Getsy and all that. We've talked about this in the past, but... Even with the Titans, like when I was at that Titans game, I was next to a Titans fan, and he seemed like a pretty smart guy. I actually enjoyed sitting next to him, but he just kept talking shit about Matt LaFleur, and you do wonder how much of the success of this offense really was Aaron Rodgers and the way he wanted to do things rather than whatever LaFleur has planned. So it'll be, I don't know, if we come out this year and we stink with LaFleur's offense and Jordan Love, I'm I'm going to be ready to kick him to the curb, I think, but... That is, last thought on this, but that is my biggest concern is we're no longer running the quote-unquote Rodgers offense, but now what offense LaFleur wants to run, which everybody says is part of the Shanahan tree and what Kyle Shanahan runs out in San Francisco, right? That and McVay. They say it's more similar to a McVay offense than Shanahan, but yes. But either way, Shanahan or McVay, we don't have the playmakers on offense at this point that they had, and... We lose the the two-time, the four-time total MVP quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And I think about Shanahan and McVay, like they had pretty darn good defenses that they could rely on too. Yes. And so when the offense is, you know, it's a little bit slower pace. It's not the up and down run and shoot with five receivers and up-tempo like McCarthy was running for a little while. We're not expecting our offense to go out and score 35 points a game. So if our offense is only scoring 24, is that enough with this defense? And I don't have a lot of faith in the defense right now continuing to be managed by Joe Barry, but that's a conversation for a different day. I right. I thought of that too because I'm like, fuck, 
what if what if it does what if jordan love is aaron Rodgers or not aaron Rodgers, but it works out the same way because if you remember that first year with rogers he was pretty damn good but that defense let him down so freaking much and i i feel like there's a very good chance of that happening again but yeah that's uh that's quarterback talk very fun um Moving on, there are other players that play in the league and for the Green Bay Packers. The other news, Jaron Reed signed with the Seahawks. Um, Once again, joining the likes of Troy Guyon. um, Did like that tweet that you uh, put. Fidel Brown, uh, Mohamed Wilkerson, the one-year wonders that just leave after one year. Um, And Lazard is going to sign with the Jets, which I think everyone's fine with the four year. um, For like 11 a year, 44 million total. 1 million more per per year than MVS got. Um, And then the Packers signees, Keyshawn Nixon, getting him back the one year deal, 4 million up to 6 million. But either way, I love it because, and I said this on Twitter too, we gave Kevin King two years ago, three years ago, a one year deal for 6 million. So Keyshawn Nixon, I mean, he could just return punts, and he's more valuable than Kevin was. Josh Nyman received his second-round tender. He hasn't signed it yet, but that would be a one-year, $4.3 million deal when he does sign it. But if a team wants to give us a second-round pick for him, we could either match it or get a second-round pick, which would be cool, which would be interesting. Josh Nyman, again, one of the guys that's fun being a fan of teams when you really pay attention because this dude was an afterthought spent a whole year on the practice squad, made the 53 in 2019, I think. And we were all like, this dude made it. And now if he can play halfway decent this year, he's going to be, you know, generational wealth for that dude, for just the athletic freak he is. They say he's like the best athlete on the team, just the build of what he is. So cool to see that. Um, Tyler Davis resigned, whatever. We'll see. We need bodies in the tight end room, especially if we lose our beloved big dog and, all that Randall Cobb and whoever else, uh, and we did sign a new long snapper today, Matt um, or or Orzich, who won a Super Bowl, who won a Super Bowl with the Rams, but we got him to a three-year deal. Apparently, that's going to be a long snapping competition between him and Jack Coco. So we'll see. But you guys have any real thoughts on the parts of the roster that don't matter? I'm yeah, just... there's only one part that matters, right? The QB. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm just excited that we have Keyshawn Nixon back because for once I didn't have my head in my hands when the Packers special teams went out on the field this year, or at least the return game. So that was a positive. That's another thing, too. I wonder, Rodgers was so high on him. He he probably, maybe he got Keyshawn a million dollars more just from Rodgers talking him up and everyone else talking him up after that as well. If Keyshawn returns, if Keyshawn returns punts from week one, we're in the playoffs. That's that's the I other. stand by that. That's statement. the other. That's hundred fucking... percent true. Like we would have won of those. What was it? The, the first five games. Just the we com- would have won the Commanders game. The Commanders game. If Amari Rogers wasn't returning punts, that's <laughs> just like... it, it was. It's clear as day. They got a touchdown right after it. If nobody was returning six. punts, yes, <laughs> yeah. maybe we're in the playoffs. But the, and that's nobody. That's the other thing. And Billy, me and you talked about this the other day. What if we win that commander's game or if Rodgers plays halfway decent against the Lions and we make the playoffs? Where are we at right now? You know, Rodgers is probably coming back if we made the playoffs last year. And that's just another wrinkle in just the no plan type deal that seems to be going on within the organization. But we probably would have extended Joe Barry. 
God. That's uh, that's what that was the worst part of last season. I guess point. we I, lost I remember, Rogers, but I I don't know if it was you and Todd, or, but I remember uh, driving back home uh, after Christmas and listening to the podcast, and somebody floated the idea of. Would you rather lose to the Lions and, <laughs> and, would and you let Joe Barry go, or would you rather make the playoffs and have another year of Joe Barry? And we got the worst of both worlds. Wait, the wasn't the would you rather like win the Super Bowl, but then Joe Barry gets re-signed? Or... I, I thought I it was just I don't make know. the playoffs. It wasn't that big of thing. We got the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Yes. We... <laughs> Didn't make the playoffs. Kept Joe Barry, lost Aaron Rodgers. But we knew Joe. I mean, we knew Joe Barry wasn't going anywhere anyway. After that winning streak, yeah, he receives no heat, zero. He's got the coldest seat in the house. He's he. He's a great guy. There's so many great guys <laughs> in that guy. coaching staff and That's all on the roster. Need. Yeah, a couple so. of great guys with a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, with that, um, you know, uh, I don't have uh, is Kyle an idiot, so we won't have the the drop, I guess, but. Billy, you did say you prepared a stump spenny for me, or maybe me and Todd. So, what is the stump spenny trivia question that you have? Well, so I, I in honor of Aaron Rodgers' presumed last days as Green Bay Packers starting quarterback, I thought I would go back in the wayback machine and think back to the very beginning. And so I could have really made this difficult on you guys, but I didn't didn't want to go too hard. Corey Hall. Yeah, yeah. For, so Okay, so that was part two of my question, <laughs> is who was the on the receiving end of Aaron Rodgers' first touchdown as a starting quarterback for the Packers? Okay, Corey Hall. Corey Hall. Who caught the first pass from Aaron Rodgers as the Packers' starting quarterback? This is the season opener in 2008 against the Vikings at Lambeau Field. Oh, you're saying first catch as starter? As the starter. God. I wonder if it's another, if it's like John Kuhn or something. I, I feel like you have to go Greg Jennings, though. John Kuhn actually wouldn't have been a bad guess. It was Donald Lee. Donald oh. Lee. God, another underrated, just sneaky, always okay player, that Donald Lee. Okay. Yep. Okay. That that's a good one. I after I said I was like, fuck, it probably was John Kuhn. I should have guessed a lesser known guy. So so now I'm curious mm -hmm. if you know who caught the first completion from Rogers, period, in the regular season and who caught the first touchdown, period. Because that that, <sighs> yeah. that would have been the other the other one, but I thought I maybe no that was too hard. My guess for touchdown is Greg Jennings. And I, that is that is correct. That was against the Cowboys on yep. that Sunday nighter when Favre went down. Yep. I think it was that Thursday night game. I know I had to go to my... That's what it was. Yep. Yep. And first catch, I don't know. That one's fucking tough because I think his first throw was probably against either Baltimore or the Patriots his rookie year. It was actually against the Saints. We blew him out 52-3. Oh. I had to go back and oh, look this up. Wow. I did not know this. I didn't realize. I remember watching that game too, man. So if you Cause, get because it was you, against Aaron Brooks. If you get back onto the fullback line of thought, I don't want to. It wasn't me. It wasn't Spencer Havener, was it? <laughs> no, it was not. It was Vontae Leach. God, I was I was wondering about Vontae Leach too. <laughs> yeah. Really? 
he was a gigantic human too. I remember um, Wildy talked about this recently. How after one of one of the like in two thousand four or two thousand three, like Favre had five picks in a playoff game or something, but he was trying to blame like a drop by Vonta Leach on why they <laughs> weren't playing well on offense or some shit. I gotta, I, I should find out exactly what it was, but it was something along those lines. But yeah, good old days. Once again, like. So many people hate Rodgers right now, and if Favre didn't have his whole lawsuit shit going on, I think more people would like Favre than Rodgers. But just the way this is all sh- shaken out, and maybe he was lying a lot today, this has been so much better than the way Favre left. And maybe Rodgers will end up going to the Vikings, but I- I'm glad. I feel better today moving on from Rodgers than I thought I would after we drafted Jordan Love. So yes. I, I'll take that at Agreed. least. It's but. been drawn out so much that I'm just kind of like, I was just, I'm just ready for some, for change. I don't know. Like, or I was just ready for something to happen. Resolution. You're just, ready for I just it to don't be want over. to hear about it anymore. <laughs> just something. I don't care what happens. Just something happened and we can move on. Like, let's talk about the draft. Let's talk about free agency. Not yes. Rogers and Love yes. and whatever. Yeah. It's going to be different. Hopefully it'll be fun, but We'll see. I don't know. I think, I think, oh, you got something else. I was going to say, I think we've covered pretty much everything. What you got there, Todd? We've probably covered everything, but favorite Aaron Rodgers throw. Go. Like of all time, like Like, what sticks out in your memory? Like favorite throw. Favorite. I mean, there's a difference between. There's a lot. There's a difference between favorite and best or greatest. I'm saying favorite. Your, your favorite. If, if anyone doesn't pick. Well, obviously it's the Greg Jennings, um, you know, the Super Bowl one, but that's not mine. It has to that's be my favorite. fourth and eight. Fourth and eight to Cobb, and he's wide open. I don't give a shit. That was just – that was like one of the happiest moments of my life. Again, and I've talked about it so much on the show, but that season was fucking awful. And you go back today and you watch that game. You watch that final drive. It was fucking fourth down conversion. <laughs> fourth down conversion. And then there's hardly any time left. And still, it's just, I get goosebumps every time I think or talk about this play because Rogers runs out. Uh, John Kuhn fucking nails John Kuhn. peppers. Yep. Rogers just fucking lobs it up. And it, the, one of the Bob's best. doing this call, right one of the, the One of the best calls from from Joe Buck's career, too, where, all, where, once again, you just let the moment speak for themselves. And he's like, Rogers throws it up. Cobb, and that's it, and you just hear the silence of Chicago. Yes, it, it was that was by far my favorite throw from that's from and career. that's a really really great memory for me too because of who I watched the game with. It was just this big group of my extended family over Christmas. Oh, that would be fun. And we're all in a room, and it's just like silent. We're like hanging on the <laughs> on the edge of our. Oh, seat. I have goosebumps, and then just he throws it in the air, and it's like we all take this deep breath, like. <gasps> And then it's right. caught in the end zone. It just the room explodes. It was amazing. The, but, the classic Rogers going deep on fourth down. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Love it. But we all Todd, love it. to answer your original question, my mind like Spencer's immediately went to that ball against uh, the Steelers in the Super Bowl to Jennings. But I think the okay. greatest throw in his career is that ball to Jared Cook on the sideline against Dallas in the sixteen divisional round. Yes, yes. Yes, that was a that was, I, that was one of those where I was like holding my breath. But you're like doing like remember the picture of 
of Cook catching it and Rogers yes. behind him on his tiptoes. Yes. Like that was like me in the living room. Like, yes, oh everyone. It, and I remember when it first happened, it was like, oh my God, that was so close, blah, blah, blah. And then they start showing replays and you start to understand like what a stupid, ridiculous throw that was. Like rolling to his left yes. and then flipping his hips and tossing the ball like on an absolute rope to Cook in the perfect spot on the sideline to get into field goal range, like just unbelievable. I mean, I don't know that there are any other quarterbacks in NFL history that make that throw in that situation. And over and over, like the throws that he makes are just like insane. So, so my favorite is, and I'm going to say, because they were like basically back to back was the Cardinals game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh God, the, dude. And how many yards Madness. total did he throw? He had like eight, those it, two throws. It, it was, was ninety. There was a couple of plays uh, in between. Ninety-five. No, didn't he have over a hundred yards passing on that drive? Because we had oh, because there was like a penalty. Yeah, oh, I think you're uh, right. Was it? Yeah. So that was, and I'm, I'm so blank right now. Who did he throw it to? Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis. Jeff Janis. Yeah. So the two balls to Jeff Janis, and when he caught the ball in the end zone, I was like, oh my god, like Jeff dropped it, like whatever. But then you go back and you look at those plays, like those hail marys, the one in the end zone, circles around, chucks it, like. He had no business throwing that ball as far as he did. And then the same thing. I mean, and then you got the one Hail Mary against the Lions. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, that, I don't know. That There's card- so many fun throws. Those Cardinals ones, that really is. And it maybe it's tougher for me because I was just, I was very inebriated at that time because the way that game was going to. And I was at the Herkimer in, uh, in Uptown. Oh, were you? Oh yeah, that's that, funny. That was, and I've talked about the Rumplements, the Good Luck Rumplements before in the past. How the Good Luck Rumplements caused the Des didn't catch it, and then that next year I tried it again, and it was it was before the Cardinals drive. I got a round of shots of Rumplements, and I'm already wasted. And then we took them, and it worked. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! So I'm like, another round in overtime, and that's when I learned you can only do it once because we obviously lost then too. But still, I mean that yeah. those two plays back to back were the you needed to do rubble mitts, but then just like pray for like an equipment <laughs> issue for Larry Fitzgerald on the last yeah, and then like hey, he's not on the field. Oh no, we D- won. Demarius Randall unties his shoe at the line <laughs> of scrimmage or something. Anything. So, God, it's that's what sucks. It's always the what ifs, and with that one, it's like. Why didn't we just go for two? It, I think McCarthy said in retrospect he wish he could have, but they just didn't have enough guys ready because they were just so gassed and they didn't have a play prepared for two. And you're like, oh, my God, well, we got the ball. And we were down to Janice and Abraderis at wide receiver because Cobb had gotten hurt. Jordy was out oh. for the year. James Jones might have gotten banged up in that James game. James Jones was, like, limping in that game. You know how Cobb got hurt in that game too? His microphone pack on his back. He was mic'd, oh, he was mic'd right. up and he fell on it weird, yep. Like yep. cracked his ribs or whatever the hell it was or his back. I, yeah, I forgot what it was. But, God, isn't that fun? See, hopefully Jordan Love can give us, like, I don't know, a fraction of the shit we got from Rodgers. But... Oh, I was so going to say, it's, it's just, it's not even the throws, but it's just where I was and who I was with watching the game. Like, you know, your story about being at the Herkimer, like, that's almost as much as what you remember is the throw itself or the game or the result. Yes. Yes. And like you said, who you're with, cause I'll always remember that too. Cause I remember it was like just me and my dad in the family room and I had been away at college at UW Milwaukee. So I was finally able to watch a game with my dad and 
it's like oh oh and i just remember like jumping and hugging them and it's like i'll have that for fucking ever so yeah that's awesome yeah but uh god i think we exhausted all we pretty much could on rogers there so you guys got anything else no i I got nothing all right well i don't have anything else so with that eric koskinen please don't sue us Cigarettes